Thank you so much for joining us on another edition of Tifosi Football Radio. My name is Christian Badanzi Takio. And this is Giuliano Caleri. Uh, match day 23 is in the books. Uh, a lot of drop points, Giuliano, uh, in this match day. Um, I think you uh, alluded to this. Nobody felt like nobody wanted to win. Yeah, uh, no, the, yeah, that's exactly what it felt like. Everyone saw the Atalanta-Lazio match, and it seems like everyone choked <laughs> in the biggest moment of the season. Except Roma. Except, except Roma. Roma, yeah, except yeah. Roma. Roma gaining some ground. So some very interesting games. Talk about match day 23. Uh, the quarterfinals for Coppa Italia is now set. Uh, we will have a Tifosi Football Radio Derby in the quarterfinals. Inter and Roma will be playing each other. So yes, <laughs> we get uh, we we'll get to play each other three times this year, Jules, which is nice. Yeah, it is nice. It is nice. So we'll talk a little bit about that, uh, and then we're on the international break now uh, until February the sixth. Uh, there's not really much going on. Um, in terms of the European international window, uh, Roberto Mancini will be getting the Azzurri together for three days. And there are reports that Mario Balotelli is going into that camp so he can get a closer look from uh, Roberto Mancini, which will be interesting. Yep. Let's, st- let's start there. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, uh, he's definitely looking at his options. Uh, Gianluca Scamacca better be there. I mean, the guy's got nine goals now. Do you do you like that call then with Mar- with uh, Balotelli? Do you think he he'll get the call for the team in the end? I don't know. They're looking for the hit man. I mean, he's he's been playing decent in Turkey, but you gotta understand. You gotta, it's a Turkish league, right? It's not yeah. as high caliber. I still think Skamaka should be the number one guy, but it's good to see that he's looking at guys like Balotelli. I mean, Balotelli, hey, he might be the answer. That that's a guy that you can get his head on the ball when he wants to play his game. Right. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's a good option. It's a good option. So we'll see. Uh, that official list hasn't been released yet. So it'll be interesting to see what new names will be attending that camp at Coverciano. Uh, so we'll see there. And also in this international break, huge, huge three games coming up for Les Rouges or the Canucks. Um, Canada, the men's national team, the most improved national team uh, in 2001, uh, will be going up. They got some massive games coming up. Uh, they will be starting their World Cup qualifiers uh, in this window in Honduras on the 27th. Then they will come home to Hamilton and play the States. And then before they go back to Central America and play El Salvador. Uh, so crucial three games here. Giuliano coming up for the final yes. phase. Pressure's uh, on. <laughs> the pressure's on for sure. I mean, uh, they, they need to get results here. I mean, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, and a big, big loss in that Alfonso Davies obviously will not be with the national team for this run. Will be a bit of an adjustment that John Herdman has to make. So a lot to a lot to, a lot to digest tonight if you will yes yeah um so without without any further ado let's uh, let's take it to match day 23 and which began on friday and hellas verona taking a 2 to 1 win over bologna jules take me through this game yeah tidy little victory by uh, hellas verona and igor tudor they picked up where they left off in their last match uh, it was a hard fought win yeah. Left it right to the very end. Nikola Kalinic uh, popping in with a goal in the 85th minute. I thought both teams were pretty even. Uh, mm-hmm. Bologna did pretty good. They held their own, but missing, desperately missing Musabaro, who's away on African Cup of Nations, uh, yep. 
Arnautovic coming on late and he was a bit injured. So they're missing a lot of offensive firepower up top, but Bologna, very out of form. As well with Hellas uh, Verona Caprari, have to give him credit, maybe someone who should be looked at for La Nazionale. He's been in amazing form the last uh, few weeks. But on the, on the other side too, Giuliano, in this, uh, he, he, he comes into this game, he starts this game, he scores a goal for Bologna. Does Orsolini also deserve a look? I think, why not? A Chiesa needs to be replaced, right? So we have these good wingers. I think, for me, I'd rate higher uh, Gianluca Caprari. I'd rate higher than Orsolini. Yeah. Yeah. But it's good that we have, we have options because uh, we need those three spots up top are up for grabs, if you ask me uh, personally. So yeah, absolutely. the more the merrier for the Azzurri. Absolutely. So Bologna, they just... Jules, they're 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 in absolute atrocious form. I mean, they were flirting with a European spot for a little while. Um, now you look at them; they sit in thirteenth place with a game in hand. They've lost eleven. Uh, they have yeah. a negative eight goal differential. They've conceded thirty-seven goals. Is is Sinisa Mihailovic on the chopping block here, or are they, they going to just ride him out for this season? I think they're going to ride him out for the season. He's doing okay, considering. Uh, I mean, they should be punching higher, but this year it's been very competitive at the top. Uh, and I just think they've been a little bit unlucky with injuries. But, yeah, something has to change defensively. If this does continue this slide, he probably will get the axe. I mean, if they start flirting with uh, the likes of Spezia Udine, if they drop below those guys, then maybe questions will start to be asked. But I think he's safe for the time being. All right. And speaking of Udinese, they are in our next game. They uh, they go into Genoa and they tie 0-0. And Genoa here, Giuliano, with a new coach. Alexander Blessin, the best coach in the Belgian league last season. Yeah. German. They were able to convince him to come to Genoa. And Alexander <laughs> Blessin, Blessin, too, I was reading, he's from the RB Leipzig program. so The Ralph Ragnick uh, school there. He's got a lot of work to do. I wouldn't say he's got big shoes to fill. But he, he come, it seems like he comes with some pedigree, which is good. Like yeah. immediate, you see, We saw immediately what he brought to the game. Genoa com- competed, uh, completed the most fouls they've completed all season. Yep. So they were aggressive. They constantly pressured Udine. Udine couldn't even string two passes together. They looked horrendous. Yeah. Uh, and then it's just been more so what Genoa's been all season. Terrible finishing up top. Uh, Ekuban missed a ton of chances. Yoboa, Destro, no one could string anything together. But defensively and in the midfield, considering if you look at those names, Turaro, Portanova, Badali, the fact that he was able to get a tune out of those guys and to maybe use their physical side more so than their technical, it was quite the performance. But, yeah, he still has a ton of work to get these guys anywhere. What, what did you think about Udine? What did, cause I was a bit disappointed with them. For Udine just to keep going and puttering along this season, they should have they should have taken three points here, uh, but they didn't. They they just came out so flat footed, so disappointing. They just look boring to me, really. Yeah, they they <laughs> they have nothing unless if you can shut out their top two, their, their forwards. If you can shut them out, their two strikers, they literally have nothing. This yeah, team. every honestly, every it feels like everything goes through Delufeu and and. Beto, that's it. And if those yeah. guys are, like you said, if those guys are, are taken out, they're isolated, which uh, Bonnie and Van, Ho- Van Hoosen did a fantastic job with. Yes. Uh, th- they got nothing. They got absolutely nothing. No creativity, no nothing. Yes. Um, and, and and to say, Genoa too, they got a red card. So they had to play 
a yeah. man down for 10 minutes, but they still outplayed yeah. uh, Udine, which was Absol- amazing. Absolutely. I think, uh, I think, uh, I think it's not, they're not down and out yet, Genoa. I think they have a little more upside than definitely Salernitana. And uh, they just looked like they, this Genoa team looked very different under, under Blessing compared to uh, Andrei Shevchenko. Who, believe it or not, is already, it looks like he's already gotten another job. With who? Uh, Andrei Shevchenko, it's been reported. He, it, it's been reported, it's not confirmed yet, that he will earn, he's set to earn a 2.5 million euro contract to lead the Polish national team. <laughs> Shevchenko goes from Ukraine to 11 games at Genoa, and now he is the front runner. Uh, all but confirmed to lead the Polish national team in the World Cup qualifier playoffs. That is... Wow, wow. So he's going to forfeit all the general money. That's crazy. It's just, to me, it's insane that Blessing's team almost had more shots in this one game than all of Shevchenko's tenure at at Genoa. Exactly. And that's the crazy part, right? Yeah. And and they kept Udine right off the shots on on net. Uh, They did. I think... I know it's only one game, but I think going forward, Genoa is going to be a tough team to play against. Every t- every game that you beat them, it's going to be a grind, I think. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're just going to make you pay. They're going to be that very physical team. I just have that sense just from what we've seen uh, in this first match under Blessin. I agree. I like, I like the signings they made. I like this managerial appointment. I like that they they went and... And bought him out for one point something million. It was yeah. it's some it positive moves. Yeah, yeah, it does. It really does. It shows the faith. On to the next game. Inter grinding out a two to one win over Venezia. <laughs> they Jules, they <laughs> didn't make this game easy. No. This was uh <laughs> this was an interesting match. More so what we've been seeing from it the past month. Uh yeah. the, they've been playing good as a team, but the forwards haven't been showing up. And Jacko jokingly said he left a raid to the end to to get his goal, which he, which he did, um, big victory in the end. Uh, as you victory. can see, the, how the other results ended up panning out. But Venezia, we got to give them credit. They oh, that Thomas Henry goal, my God! Yeah, nobody nice was goal. stopping that. No, that was caught, a that was a rocket off the head. Yeah, he caught the Handanovic out, and I got to give uh, Zanetti credit for the tactics. He, I, I think. I really do think he looked at the team, knew that Inter was struggling in regards to the build-up play. If we put two blocks in front of our our net very deep, Inter's going to struggle to break it down. I think that's the approach they took, obviously, and and it worked. And they were killing Inter on the counter, and they looked like the dangerous team at at points in the game. But Inter, the quality just ended up showing at the end. The subs, Denzel Dumfries can come on, Sanchez, Arturo Vidal. Uh, Unfortunately, Venezia doesn't have that... No, their, they don't. In their toolbox, right? They don't. They don't. But I have to ask you, Lautaro Martinez has another another poor game. He hasn't been, to me. He hasn't been consistent all season. Yeah, this is what's going on here. This is more or less him. He gets a ton of chances and can't finish. Uh, that's Lautaro, and that's why it's important for at least one of our strikers in that quartet to be to be in form. And unfortunately, all have been off form the past uh, two three games. So. Uh, he enter our rumors to sign Casado as backup, mm-hmm. uh, just to get more goals in the team. And uh, but yeah, I think he'll he'll turn it around. He's lucky that he has three quality strikers to help him. Oh, for sure, carry the burden. Because when you look at the statistics here, Jules, they just possession wise seventy point five percent. 
24 shots on goal to Venezia's three. Like, they just, they controlled the whole game. Yeah, they, they dominated them. This is more or less what Inter does. The, like I said, defense, midfield, beautiful. They, we've got to consider who, who Inter has played. They played Atalanta, Juve. Uh, they've played, uh, who else? They played some big matches anyway. And this, yeah. and this was another test, another hard one. They're gassed. They played every three days. So, in the end, not a, a, a tidy victory, but it was an important result. It was and, done. And it, yeah, and we got a credit, too, to Luca Lazzarini, the goalie. Oh, in. he was fantastic. I think safe to say the third goalie, too, uh, in, the, in the pecking order, maybe. Yeah. And uh, he was fantastic, yeah, in this game. Uh, well, I, well, probably the man of the match. Yes. Um, in this game. And, uh, yeah, I just uh, – huge, huge win. But, I mean, what, what, what separates champions from 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 others is they champions win, and they, they even get – even when they're off, they still find a way to win. And this was a way that Inter dug really deep, and, and they still found a way to win. They, win. they win beautifully at times, and they also can win ugly, so – Exactly. It's it's exactly. uh it, it's a quality of a champion in the making. On to the next game. <laughs> Lazio Atlanta 0-0 stalemate here. Oh boy. Bo- both teams, I'm telling you, they were afraid to make the move because there was so much pressure on this game. And they knew that there were there's all these clubs circling around like sharks watching them. So Yeah, I mean, f- well first Gasparini and Atalanta how short they were on the bench. They had absolutely no one having to start mm-hmm. Piccoli Alexi Mirinchuk was playing with one leg. Matteo Piscina, they had a, a 19 or 18 year old in the midfield, Scalvini, mm-hmm. who played okay. This was a team that had nobody in it, and for me personally, I was so disappointed with Lazio. They had full strength. Sadi saying, "Oh, we had COVID too, and all this." Listen, they had crap. Full, they had a full strength squad, and they they shit the bed big they time. Did. Uh, I could not believe how bad Milinkovic Savic was in this game. Felipe Anderson was terrible. Uh, Matthias Zakanya maybe showed the best moment when he hit the post, but also disappointed with Chiro. I mean, yeah. if this if the, if a team sits back on this guy, he is a very limited player. It shows mm-hmm. uh, he's not able to dribble. He's not able to do the combination passing. He's very much a, f- a player that just runs into gaps, head down, and runs at net. That's his bread and butter. And when he doesn't have that, he struggles. And uh, I just cannot believe how bad. Lazio was in a game like this. They must have saw that Atalanta team sheet before the game, and their mouths must have been watering. I, but I don't know. <laughs> this team that showed up, it was disgraceful. This was the worst game of City all season. Oh yeah, absolutely. What did I, you think of this game? Uh, I I agree with you. It's uh, Lazio. To- this was the opportunity was Lazio's, and they and they totally shit the bed on this. And yeah, that to me shows you that they're pretenders. I really don't think they have what it takes to get into the top four and. This was an opportunity for them to, to, to really gain some ground and, and they totally blew the opportunity. So to me they're just to, to me they're just pretenders. I mean Atalanta will be happy considering uh the depth that they the lack of depth they had in this game. Um and what uh, what they had to do to, to, to get through this game with all the players out. Um so they'll be happy to have gained the point. And but uh, Lazio, yeah. If you're a Lazio fan, you gotta be you this, gotta be this, pissed about this. Yeah, this gotta be frustrating. This is your chance to get the top four. Yeah, uh, it's just yeah. I I had to make that push into the top. I think they'll still get performances, but this to me signifies they're done with the top four. 
Yeah. It's uh, Europa Leagues if they're if they're lucky. Yeah. Um, it, it, abysmal. Abs- just abysmal. Just well. Speaking of speaking of missed opportunities, let's move on to this next game. This was a huge missed opportunity for Fiorentina. Yes. Uh, blowing it. Really yep. blowing it, uh, and not getting the full three points here to Cagliari. Very, very, very disappointing. I mean, it disappoints me. I mean, I, had, I have high hopes for Fiorentina, and uh, this is this is what keep this is what will separate you from making or breaking Europe. Is is not getting these points when they matter, and especially with Lazio and Atalanta tying, this was a huge opportunity for Fiorentina, and they blew it. They did again. Um, absolutely blew it. I mean, we what? gave we give Cristiano Baraghi credit last podcast, and he goes and misses a penalty. I know, and, and he good. and he has a howler of a game too. He did a good save, but uh, yeah, it's it's when the moments count, yeah. you gotta be you gotta be putting that in. And they have a game in hand, so imagine if they win that game in hand and they exactly. won this game. Exactly, they'd be they'd be right up there. Uh, exactly. Right before the match, Vlahovic and Saponata didn't go on the flight uh, to Sardinia. I mean, that right there was huge. Piontek got his first start, uh, <laughs> kind of left off where he, uh, you know, was before before he left the city after Germany. It's more or less the same with him. He he doesn't really do much. No. Uh, so when they're missing Vlahovic and Saponata, they're pretty lightweight going forward. Finitina. I was a bit worried when I saw that for them in the. In the in the pre-match and Cagliari, they held their own. They you know they were missing some big names too, like Pavoletti, uh, and that Cranio was out. So yeah. they were running Dalbert as, as a center mid this game. They were very short, but they still we played phenomenal. Yeah. yeah, and and another Azzurri hopeful, Joao Pedro, he <laughs> uh, played a big part, got a goal, but then of course he misses his penalty too in the clutch moment. Terracciano. Terracciano, both backup goalies making saves in this I game, and uh, there. yeah, but um, again, yeah, more or less the choking. It's uh, it's it's unbelievable to see these teams who are on the brink of something choke in these moments. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, yeah, and Cali, they're loving this. They're at home. They've gotten point. They've they've only missed that loss to Roma. That was it. They've, but yeah. they've they've gained points in every other game since the new year. They are now one point out of safety. That's yes. how much ground they've gained. So they're it's amazing, happy. Yeah, they're happy. Walter, yeah, their Walter Mazzari wasn't too happy, but uh, because his team had a legit chance of winning this game, and and it was stolen from them right under their noses from Sotil, uh, a, Sard- a Sardinia boy too, on top yeah. of it. So yeah, overall gotta be frustrating frustrating to be a, a Fiorentina fan and then on top of it Vlahovic I question if it really is COVID there are rumors that he like rumors are heating up that he is going to leave this uh this January yeah uh still Arsenal and, and Juve in the links there so it will well, be I interesting mean, you, to see how that you, unfolds I mean for him to not play this game and then them drop these points and get further down the table and not gain any ground you got a question if he's if he cares, yeah. right? Yeah, he's probably be... thinking might as well cash in now. And I know, I know. If you're Comiso, I said last podcast that you know you have to run with it because you're so close. But it's so tight that a result like this is is really a massive, massive drop, setback for you. Yes. And uh, yeah, it's just it's, it's a tough pill to swallow if you're a Fiorentina fan. 
Uh, let's move on to the next game. This wasn't really a derby at all in Campania. This was basically <laughs> a Campania smashing Napoli. Yeah. Just basically smashing Salernitana 4-1. to one. Yeah, I, <laughs> I didn't really get to see this game, but uh, 14 shots on target. Just ridiculous. It's it's yeah. crazy. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Dries Mertens, man of the match, scoring a penalty, picking up an assist, interviewed earlier in the week, yeah. asking if he's going to follow Lorenzo Insigne, and he basically said he's not interested in dollars. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to stay and try and solidify himself in uh, in Napoli. So I admire that about him. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, Napoli, Jules, they just they went in there. They yeah, totally they, smashed this Salernitana team. Yeah, the Salernitana team missing absolutely everybody. I mean, the big oh. story out of this too is Insigne matches Maradona's, uh, I think he matched or surpassed Maradona's tally for Napoli in, in regards to goals scored. So... Congratulations for him. Yeah. But besides that, yeah, I can't. I I didn't even watch the highlights for this game, so I can't say much. But it looks like Napoli. It was an easy, easy game. It was for easy. Them. There's there's nothing really to discuss there. The Napolitana fans are happy. This is a routine win for them. So Tana, just just atrocious, absolutely atrocious. Let's move on to another derby. Let's go on another atrocious team. My yes. God. <laughs> so Spezia Sampdoria, Marco Giampaolo is back, Jules. What a plug he is. Oh my god. They just Wow. No, you're this is your debut back in City at to prove all your doubters wrong. You that wow. when you failed in Milan and then you come on the Not only at Milan, you failed at Milan, you failed at Torino. Yeah, you failed at Torino. But he comes back and his team doesn't even get a shot on net this match in a it's in a the, big derby. It's more of the same. It's it is crap, and he goes back to his four-three-one-two formation. It's just yeah. these yeah, managers got to go. Kondreva playing in the trequartista role. A guy who's been playing on the wing all season. Yeah. He's been thriving. I th- I th- they started off with the three-five-two, if I'm not mistaken, and then they turned into this formation. But my goodness, it's just these managers got to leave. Go. I want to see more foreign managers in uh, that are going to bring different ideas, like Blessing. I know it's just been one game, but I want to see. You see. Uh, the Croatians like Tudor and and Jodic, what they bring. The yeah. Serbians, Mihailovic, it's great. It's yeah. been great having their philosophies of football. But guys like Gianpaolo, this guys like him, Serie B, Serie C quality. This guy he does not deserve to be in Serie A no. at all. No, and this is just another abysmal performance by Sampdoria. Yeah, and it wasn't like Spezia. It wasn't like Spezia played much better. No, but they they got the job done. Yeah, they got the job. At least they took a shot on net. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they played with some aggression. 24 fouls versus Sampdoria's 12. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, I don't know. Credit to Tiago Motta. They're on a run, Spezia. This is yeah. now Milan they beat, Sampdoria they beat. Uh, so it's no fluke. This is three, three wins in a row for them. Three, three wins in a row, Jules. They're four wins, one draw, one loss in their last six. One yeah, of the hottest teams in City out right now. They're, they they were basically flirting with relegation, even with Cagliari's form. They are they are basic. They're eight points from the drop. Beautiful job by Thiago Motta. It is, and they got some exciting players too, like Kovalenko, Daniele Verdi, who's finding a second yeah. life there, and it's it's amazing what Thiago Motta is doing with these players. No, he's, he's doing uh, he's doing a fantastic job. It's amazing that, you know, just a few weeks ago that people were considering his head and now they're just 
Yeah, they're climbing up the table. Climbing up the table on a run. Mm -hmm. On a run. So good for them. On to the next game here. What an opportunity missed by Torino <laughs> no, here. That's the theme of this of this podcast. Oh my um, God, they were all over Sassuolo. They, they should have they should have ran away with this game, but instead, Giacomo Raspadori scores in the 80th minute, 88th minute, sorry, and uh, Torino and Sassuolo walk away with a one-one draw. This is after Torino, I think, had three crossbars. Missed. Oh my God, they were all over Sassuolo. They were they were all over Sassuolo. Yeah, like, this, sh- <laughs> this should have been three or four nothing. Yeah, and they had like single had opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. Sanabria too. Yeah, th- you know what? This is the this is what makes a swallow kind of tick as a team. They can be done and out of a match, but they have these three guys up top that can create something out of nothing. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's their that's their strength. And and. Torino, they play great as a team, but their weakness is they don't have a guy up top to score goals consistently. Or as a team, no. consistently, they don't score goals. Exactly. That's why it takes them 30 shots to get one goal. Yeah. Uh, but Sassuolo have the quality. They just get that sniff of net. And That's it. They're, these three, Scamacca, Raspadori, Berardi, they are lethal. Yeah, uh, they and are. it was Berardi's brilliance. Again, he had the courage, I think, to run at Bremer, one of the informed defenders of Serie A. Um, out-hustled him, out-muscled him, sat him on the ground, passed it into the middle of the box, and Aspidori swung, and that was it. 1-1 at the yeah. death. And then Juric lost his mind at the end and got a red. <laughs> for Well, who could blame him? Uh, who could blame him? Who it's, could blame this, this was, was bad. This was another missed moment. Oh, I wouldn't want to be in the locker room after that game. Yeah. But you know what, ga- you know what game I would want to be in the locker room after? I'd I'd want to be in that Roma locker room after this smashing <laughs> of Empoli here, just an yes. absolute smashing. So for those of you that don't know, Roma was like really one of the only teams that gained ground this week. So yeah, seriously. And, and you know what? This is the theme with Roma though. This is what pisses me off. Every time we finally start to turn the page, an internet a fucking international break comes, <laughs> and then we are off for a few weeks. Then we come back and we're fucking terrible for. <laughs> Three or four games. But Roma, four to two. Tammy Abraham bagging two goals. Uh Nicolo Zaniolo getting on the score sheet. Sergio Oliveira again getting on yeah. the score sheet, providing an assist to Tammy Abraham on the first goal. Um and then basically what happened, Roma turned the switch off, came out of the half, turned the switch off. Uh Empoli scores two goals and makes some adjustments and that's it. It, the game's over. What about the two goals uh, Empoli scored at oh, the end? It was just uh, Roma turned the switch off. That's what it was. Roma came out in the second half. It was 4 nothing. Uh, Empoli came out and took it to them and scored those two goals, Jules. And then Mourinho makes uh, a couple of tactical switches. So you got to give him credit there. Once he's made the switch, he brought Vertu on. Um, it actually made a difference, and uh, Roma yeah. controlled the game yet again. So you got to give credit to Jose Mourinho. He read this game very well. Uh, when he saw that uh, Roma were starting to bleed, he stopped the bleeding right away um, yeah. with with the switches. But I have to, you know, I can't really fault any of these Roma players. This is this is what I wanted to see. I wanted to see how Oliveira would play with Cristante. I thought they played well together. I think they make a very good match. Um, very happy to see that. And uh, the defense, defense was the defense. I mean, uh, Smalling 
turned the switch off in the second half. He was decent in the first half. But other than that, this this Roma team ran rampant. Tammy Abraham bagging two goals. I think he's up to ten now. So yeah, Zaniolo, I think getting his first goal of the season. A second. Second goal of the season. So second. big goal for him. Playing looking as a good. forward too. Yeah, looking good. And, and yet again, back to back games now. Back to back goals for Sergio Oliveira. So he's making a statement. He's making a name for his. He's trying to make a case to get into the Portuguese national team for the for the upcoming playoffs. Yep. And uh, if he continues to play this way, I don't see why he wouldn't. But that's not good for us. Why, oh. uh, I know it's not good for us, but he's playing. You he's, guys, Roma. It's back-to-back games now. Secret agent Portuguese over here. You no, guys are supporting the Portuguese national true. team. No, that's not true. You the guys are supporting I, the enemy the one with thing your maroon I, shirts. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing I will say, Jules, though, is uh, I think Rui Patricio looks exhausted in between the sticks. He's played every single game for Roma since since coming over and uh, I just think Mourinho needs to rotate him out for a game or two. Yeah. yeah. Um, he looks exhausted. And uh, on the other side, Empoli, I think you called this. I, Empoli w- wouldn't be able to, to, to hold their form in the second half of the season as it was in the first half. And I think yeah. you're right. Yeah. They're going, going downhill. Yeah. I don't they're think go- uh, Andrea he's not for me. He's not of the, of the caliber of the other coaches where he's no. going to, because the better team for me always wins the second match. Because uh, you you felt each other out in the first match, you know what you're about. And for me, yeah, Ampoli, they just won qualities lack. And I don't think Adriatoli is as a good a manager as uh, it showed in the first half of the season. Roma move up to six now. Roma are <laughs> five. You feeling that? You feeling that top four? Does it feel real? <laughs> I'm not gonna say anything right now. It's I know. Every time I say, oh, top four. Just believe. Just keep, keep. We're just gonna keep our mouths shut and just keep going. I mean, the schedule for us looks very, very favorable. We don't play Atlanta. I think we have three more, three more games that we gotta play before we play Atlanta, which is our next big game. Yeah. Um. So we gotta just keep. We, you know, we gotta come out of this international break and we gotta hit the ground running, get mm-hmm. the results and set up that. You know, if Roma win those three games, coming out of the international break in Serie A. And go into uh, match day 27 against Atalanta, uh, having won those last three. Uh, that's going to be for fourth place right there. So it uh, it's, it, it feels a little real, but I'm not gonna I'm gonna hold my breath and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make any statements right now because uh, it's, <laughs> it's too early to call. And I called it a couple of weeks ago, and look what happened. We got humiliated. So. <laughs> Moving on to the next game, though, final game of the season. Milan and Juve playing out to a 0-0 draw here. Yes, this was supposed who, to be the big match. Sorry, well, well, Jules, that's, that's what I wanted to ask you. So who's who's this more of a missed opportunity for? Like, who deserved, Were either two teams deserving of this game? I think it was a fair result in the end. I think, for me, this was more of a missed opportunity for... Uh, Milan to keep their Scudetto dreams, yeah. Scudetto dreams alive, and I think this drags them into the top four race, kind of, because they got a big match against Inter coming off the uh, international break, and if they lose that, it's you can kiss their title, <laughs> title gone, their aspirations of being Scudetto champions. So, Inter have a game in hand; they win that, they have a seven-point lead, so the gap's huge now after this uh, draw. So I think that's why for me, Milan had more to lose in this game. Yeah. With this draw for Juve, the draw, yes, it's going to be frustrating for a lot of Juventini because when you think Juventus, they go and they win these big games. 
Uh, that's what they do. Yeah. It's in their DNA. But you look at what's ahead of them. They continue this of just chipping away, slowly get points. They're going to catch Atalanta eventually. They keep doing this, Juve. I don't think they have anything to worry about. They look very tidy. I was really impressed with Rugani, the way he came into this game. Yeah. He was arguably their best player on the field. Yeah. Uh, next to Chesney. Yeah, next to Chesney. Chesney was good too. Uh, terrific hands in this game. But for me, Juve, they played a smart game and they frustrated Milan a lot. What did you think of this match? Yeah, I just think uh, there were more, if you look at more of the, more of the clear-cut opportunities, Milan had it. Uh, but uh, they at the end of the day, Milan couldn't capitalize. Milan, to me, looks like they capitalize just on the individual brilliance of a couple of players that are hot. Mm-hmm. Like Liao, for me. Like they, I, I think, I felt like they really had an opportunity when Liao was on the ball, but other than that, it just, they didn't feel intimidating to me. Yeah, yeah. And it felt like Juve is like, okay, what? I know Juve had more of the ball, but Juve wasn't afraid to let Milan come at them. No, they weren't. Way. They weren't. They weren't afraid of that. Like they weren't afraid of Milan's offense. It was just basically shut down Liao and the game's over. And I think they did a great job in doing that. I mean, Liao had a couple of clear cut opportunities that Chesney was forced to make some great saves off of. But uh, yeah, just it's an opportunity missed for for Milan for sure. And it looks like they still haven't made any real adjustments, Jules. That's uh, it. Yeah, it's the it, same. I, I'm, I was, same crap. Yeah, it is. I was kind of disappointed to see Zlatan start over Giroud. Yeah, I don't understand that. And then he goes off injured. I was happy with Sandro Tonali. The way he battled in the midfield against Manuela Cotelli was outstanding because this was a very physical match. That's what I'll yeah. give credit to Allegri. I think he saw something... Uh, this Milan team, maybe if you can get under their skin a bit, you can rattle them. And I yeah. think Juve purposely played that tough, aggressive game. And and it did get to Milan a little bit. They couldn't cope with the, the physicality of this match. Yeah. Um, but Sandro Tonali was one player that could could deal with it and dish it back. So he, he impressed me a lot in this match. What about the two penalty shouts? I know uh, there was a bit of controversy saying, uh, Juve should have got a penalty for the Messiah's kick on Morata, and then Calabria, they're saying, should have got a penalty. I think Alexandro came through the back of, of him. Do you think any of those were penalties or no? Honestly, I think the crying for the penalties is a little absurd. If a penalty is going to be the difference, then it's all... There were two controversial calls. I think they could have gone either way. I'm glad they went the way that they that they did and that they weren't called because then that's all we'd be talking about is, oh, you know, that penalty. Yeah. That penalty. That penalty separates them. I mean, that... It, for, especially in a game of this caliber, these two historic teams, you got to win it on the field. You're not gonna, you should not be winning these games by a penalty. And so I'm glad that that they didn't happen. Also, what do you think? I know you kind of touched it on already, but Stefano Pioli, he's never beaten Allegri in a match. I think it's been approximately 16 matchups he's, or 18 matchups he's had against them. Never won once. What do we think about? Uh, Pioli as a manager is, is he top caliber and is he capable of bringing Milan to the promised land of a Scudetto I'm gonna say no uh, he's cl- he's uh he is that manager that we talk about that gets you on the right path but he cannot get take you to that next level he's just like Luciano Spalletti he can't take you to that next level um and uh I think he's always going to be that kind of that kind of manager. Look at the opportunities he's had. Look at the look at the clubs he's managed in the past. Mm-hmm. So 
goes to show you he's not a winner. Yeah. I think the Stefano Pioli time has come. I think after at the end of the season, Milan need to be looking to another manager. They're going to have to pay a little more money, and but they're going to have to bring in a manager that can take them to the next level. Uh, could be like uh, a manager like Zinedine Zidane or a manager like Diego Simeone. Some, that, that's the kind of manager they need at this club uh, if they want to win something. I just think uh, I just Fair think enough. with Stefano Pioli they can't. He's he's not he's not aggressive, Jules. He's not aggressive. He's very lax, low key, and that's not the kind of manager that this Milan team needs. Mm-hmm. This this team needs a basically a, a manager that demands that commands respect, and they need a manager that will. Not be afraid to call them out because there's a lot of there's a lot of really big egos on this team, and I just don't think Stefano Pioli can manage that. Yeah. So, and what do you time, think of Stefano Pioli? Yeah, more or less the same. I agree with you. I think they got to be careful about the recruitment for him. Who's going to come after he's gone? Uh, because yes, he's not a winner, but at the end of the day, guaranteeing top four is huge. Uh, it's for sure, big, it is. it's big money for Milan, and they don't want to go back into you know, fighting top eight uh, no. positions. So it is a fine balance. I I would hold on to him unless you find a drastically, a drastic improvement in the managerial position. Who yeah. that will be, I agree. It has to be someone like Diego Simeone or uh, I don't know who else they could, they could pull, but it has to be a big name for me as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he just he doesn't have it in him. His record alone, like I said, has never been in Allegri in almost twenty games. Yeah, that's that's not the record of a champion. So, in uh, a champion, you win these games. Yeah. Do you think so, that you think a team like Milan is suited to a guy like Andrea Pirlo or no? That that would be, it'd be an interesting sign. It'd be risky, but you look at what Pirlo accomplished now last season compared to what Allegri's doing with the yeah this more or less the same squad minus Ronaldo. Yeah. He won two trophies, Supercoppa mm-hmm. Italiana and, and the, the Coppa Italia, yeah. and he finished fourth. So yeah. was it that bad of a season for Andre Pirlo in the end? No, and they were actually a more exciting team to watch last season. They're they're very boring to watch Juve this year. Yeah, they're uh, it's very old school. Get it to my most skilled player in Dybala and, and pray he has a moment of brilliance. That's the yeah. that's the Allegri system right now. Yeah, that really is. And so that with that being said, that sums up match day twenty three. Uh, for those of you that haven't checked the standings yet, Inter still riding high, top of the table, 53 points. Napoli and Milan second and third with 49 points. Atalanta, 43 points. Juve in fifth, 42 points. Roma in sixth, 38 points. Fiorentina and Lazio in seventh and eighth with 36 points. At the bottom of the table, Salernitana and Genoa going nowhere. Salernitana, 11 points. Genoa, 13 points. Cagliari, 17 points in 18th. And Venezia, one point above safety with 18 points. Yeah, the bottom I get, The bottom is getting exciting, actually. The, the bottom's tight. The yeah. bottom's tight. Sampdoria could go down. Venezia could go down. And you can throw Udinese in the mix. Because if Udinese... Yeah. If Udinese drop a couple more games, <laughs> they're right in the thick of things. Yeah, definitely. So that sums up match day 23. 
also, uh, we will say really quickly that uh, the quarterfinals are now set for Coppa Italia jewels. This will happen after the international break. We got some pretty exciting ties um, that we will preview for you guys when these games come up. They are taking place on Wednesday, February the 9th. And I think they're all great, interesting games, Jules. We got Atalanta-Fiorentina. That's a very interesting game. Yeah. Uh, Milan-Lazio. Yeah. Juve-Sassuolo. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the most important quarterfinal of the ball, Inter-Roma. Yeah, they're <laughs> that, that's the exciting one. That's the one we got to keep an asterisk on, highlight it, make sure oh, we yeah. <laughs> watch it. And I'd say... Yeah, any team can win in all those games except the Inter-Roma one. There's only one team going to win that game. But <laughs> You don't know that. You don't know that. You but, don't uh, know that yet. I didn't think it happened in one game. Yeah, it's true. All, all the fixtures, anyone can win these matches. It's uh, yeah. it's going to be exciting Coppa Italia. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And uh, what's going on in the Mercato now, Jules? Mercato-wise, the latest signing has been Marco Banassi uh, from Fiorentina to Ampoli. I yep. know Roma got rid of uh, Brian Reynolds there co- to uh, Karadzic and good uh, riddance, buddy. Belgium, uh, Arimianas left Napoli to Al Etifak, but really, besides that, there's been no no major signings. Like we said, I think it's all going to come down on the last day. Vlahovic once again being yep. uh, linked to Juve, Arsenal, Tottenham Hotspur. So some big names. I know Inter's looking at a striker. Uh, Roma, I believe, is still looking at uh, some players in the what is a midfield position. Yeah. Um. So everyone's looking, but yeah. money's tight. So I think they're gonna play. Uh, they're gonna try and make some deals on that last day. Oh yeah, for sure. Um. Also, news coming out of the Parma camp. It looks like Gianluigi Buffon will be leaving Parma at the end of the season. Yes, that uh, was a short stint. Yeah, Parma currently sitting in 13th place, uh, sitting closer to the relegation zone than to a possible mm-hmm. promotion. Um, so Gianluigi Buffon is inspired to have one more adventure abroad before he hangs up the boots. He is currently 43 years old, and it looks like he has his sight set on Major League Soccer. He wants that payday. <laughs> <laughs> he wants that payday for sure. He was inspired by the Andrea, or sorry, the uh, Lorenzo Insigne move. Yeah. Um, I highly doubt Toronto FC is going to go after him. Um, probably be a money grab for uh, for a for a team looking for a keeper. I mean, I'm oh, not 100 percent sure who's looking for a keeper in Major League Soccer, but uh, we'll see if we'll see what happens there. Yeah, he, you know what? He's been playing. Pretty decent. decent. So he's been arguably the best goalie in the in the Serie B. So, yeah, but the problem is, Jules, if you're a major league soccer team, you're <laughs> okay. Here, you're you're basically forking out a lot of dough for a guy that's maybe going to give you a year. Yeah, yeah. Are you going to really take that risk? Me personally, I wouldn't. But if I'm if I'm looking to get some butts and seats. Yeah. After COVID and stuff, and having no fans in the stadiums, I, I'd go yeah. for a name like that. He'd he'd bring hype and excitement to any any team he went to. Absolutely, and there is rumblings. I mean, uh, LAFC just opened up and took one million in uh, allocation money, mm-hmm. so they have Maybe. some money to spend. 
Maybe they're maybe pushing for Buffon. The, <laughs> maybe he goes to California. Yeah. We will see. But anyways, that's the Mercato. Not really much. I'm sure you'll hear it. it it's going to heat up in the next seven days, just before yeah. the deadline. Coming up, Canada. We don't know. We don't know who's been called up yet. It's four days before the game in Honduras. But <laughs> there hasn't been an official statement on who's going. So that's a little uh, interesting. It's probably going to be tomorrow, but I think that's really late. I mean, by getting all these players out of Europe, getting them into Honduras, I agree, you have yeah. maybe a training session or two to get the tactics right, and then you go into the game against Honduras. I think it's. Uh, I hope. I hope it's just not hasn't been released to the media, and I'm. I hope that these players have already been told by the by the national program and and they're already on their way to Honduras because uh that's not going to be an easy game. Anytime Jules you go into Central America in, in in a CONCACAF game, it is almost impossible for Canada to come out with a result. It's it's a huge game for us. We need we need something to just basically keep keep our form going and 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 hover around the top 3 spots that gain automatic qualification. Because then you're gonna you got that really difficult game against the states where you're gonna be playing in. If you look at the weather for next Sunday, they're gonna be playing at three o'clock on the thirtieth, but uh, it's gonna be like minus ten. Yeah. And then you gotta go to El Salvador in a short turnaround. So, like, so what do you think is so gonna happen here? What do you think? What do you think is a good amount of points to come out of this three games with? I think they need to at least beat El Salvador and Honduras and mm-hmm. USA you lose to them it's it's fine. Uh but 6 points minimum out of this uh, out of the three fixtures. Mm-hmm. Uh the traveling sucks that they got to go from Central America back to the states and then back to Central America. It's a lot of traveling. Um yeah. in a short basically period going of time. from summer to winter back to summer in yeah. the span of a week. Exactly. So you hope the players stay healthy and you hope the players coming from Europe, the majority of them are playing in Europe, uh, that they, that they're not feeling jet lag because they're going to have a lot of traveling. And we're going through all this, like you said, without Alfonso Davies, our star player. So the burden on, uh, our, our forward line is going to be even greater. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. I hope they don't, I hope it doesn't all come crumbling here. I don't think it will, No. but this is, uh, they really got to pull six points out here if uh, if yeah. they want a chance of making the World Cup, I think. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I think they need at least six points in this window. Um, it'd be great if they could get seven. It'd be incredible if they got nine. I think if they got nine, it's over. Like, yeah, we're going if they to get the nine, World Cup. Yeah, it's, it's done. It's done yeah. 100%. It's we're done. We're going to the World Cup. So, um, and, uh, and as we reported earlier, Italy, La Nazionale, do not have any friendlies coming up, but uh, they will be hosting a three-day camp at Coverciano, so Mancini can meet with his players, take a look at some new, fresh players that he might consider for his the playoff run, and also just check in with the players and see how it's going and develop something in three days. Are Is we going to see, anyone... see anything surprising here, Jules? Like I'm sure we'll see some surprising faces, but I, I would like to. I think there's a lot of good. Italian talent that is flying under the radar right now. One, I think Tonali has to seriously be considered. I think he adds a bit oh. of steel into that yeah. midfield. He's been uh, he's been phenomenal. He might not pop in with a goal, uh, but you know he's going to break up play and make 
a good outgoing pass. That's what he's good at doing. He's yeah. very aggressive. Uh, we have a midfield that lacks goals already, so that's fine. He can add steel where Jorginho doesn't provide it. He he's a good sub for Barella, good sub for Varati, who always runs into card trouble. So I think he's a great option up top. I already mentioned I'd like to see Gianluca Caprari possibly get considered mm-hmm. uh, because it, our up up top it's a mess. That's the it shouldn't be a mess. I think we're, I, if you ask me now, I think we're actually better off now than we were going into the Euro in regards to our forward lineup. Um, Definitely. It's just a bunch of unknown names that I think scares a lot of people like Raspadori and, and Skamaka. But these guys are without a doubt talented. I would love to see the trio from Sassuolo up there, Caprari, uh, of course, Chiro. These are just some of the names. There's a lot of top quality performing Italians. I just hope that Mancini casts a wide enough net and he he gets a proper look at some of these guys. I don't want him to just stick with guys because of the name. Uh, like, Bellotti shouldn't be in the team at all because he hasn't... I don't remember the last time he's played a match. So, what 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 kind of surprises are you looking at in this team? What would you like to see? Well, first of all, I'm going to say I'm a little disappointed in Roberto Mancini. And the reason why I am is because, you know, I think... I understand doing, like, a three-day camp... But I think it would have been a huge opportunity to maybe arrange a friendly or two and run and just try try some new patterns. Try something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, p- play one of those games with all these bright and upcoming talent. That that would have been a perfect opportunity. Here's the Sassuolo Trident up top. Let's see let's see how they do in the Nazionale colors, right? With a little mix with, with obviously the different midfield and defense and, and goalkeeper. But we're going to be he's going to have 3 days in training to figure out what what he's going to do for the playoffs. So that basically tells me Giuliano that we're going with the same fucking guys for the playoffs. <laughs> no, I'm serious. That, that that's basically what it tells me because he's not going to make a change just from what he sees in training. He, I know he, that. He's really that... not going to make a change there. I mean, I think he's going to call up all these players because he's going to feel the pressure because of the me- we all know how the Italian media is they are they're like sharks when it comes to this kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. So he's going to call all these players to appease the media so the media can shut their mouth. And then when it comes to picking the squad in March, he's going to say, "You know what? These guys and what and, and why he didn't select certain players." He's going to say, "Oh, I didn't select them because you know what? They didn't show me what they what they didn't show me what I wanted to see in training." Yep. And I, I it's going to be his word against Whose word, right? Yeah, I agree. But you know, another guy, Matteo Zicagni, he could bring yeah. on. Yeah. But we, yeah, we know, we know Mancini. Mancini's, uh, he's a bit of a dictator. The way he, his personality is in the change room. Yeah. Uh, if you listen to any X Man City players that are now retired, the way they talk about Mancini, good things. But he's very strong personality, and he's very abrasive. He's a control freak. He is a control freak, and. Yeah, I feel like if you're not in his books, you don't have a chance. And I agree. I think he's just calling these guys up to kind of say, I did it. Yeah, and it's good. It's training behind closed doors. I mean, the media is obviously going to see them training. But if you don't put a friendly on and it's not broadcasted, like think about it. If they they put a friendly on, they go smash, they go smash, uh, I don't know. uh, I don't know who's a decent team. Anybody say... Like a Slovakia or something. Slovakia, they go, yeah. They go and smash a Slovakia three four nothing with these guys. Right. You think he's gonna be able to field Chino in the playoff when we saw Skamaka, Raspadori, and Berardi just totally dismantle Slovakia team in a friendly? 
I know. He doesn't want to give the ammo. Call me a conspiracy theorist. That's <laughs> I think he, I, it's honestly I think it's done on purpose. Well, we've I, seen his his team selections. He's been very loyal to a, a group of players that we question yeah. why are they there, right? But now exactly. his hands gonna his hands gonna be forced, and we're gonna see. Like I said, Kiez is definitely not gonna be there. Belotti may be healthy. I think he will be healthy come uh, playoff time. So it's like if that's a player we see, we're I don't know. I think a lot of Italian fans are gonna be very disappointed. But that's when we're gonna know truly, Mancini, what uh, his thoughts are. Because this, yeah, this team is in desperate need of fresh blood. Even you know in guys like guys like Insigne, we have to question uh, them being in this team. Uh, the fact that he signed for Toronto FC, it kind of goes to show where his mind is. He's not yeah. doesn't have the mindset of a top performance player no. anymore. No. He has his mind on the on the sunset, you know. Yeah, of course. I know. I couldn't agree with you more. It's it's gonna be really interesting. But I mean, we'll like I said, we'll see a list. We'll see some really new faces. It'll be encouraging, and we're going to end up going with the same shit in March. Yeah. And we're going to rely on those guys. It's We'll see. Uh-huh. Any, any news that comes up will report it, of course, to the Tifosi Football of Radio course. fans. But, yeah, like I, I said, for listen, me, it's bleak. I, <laughs> listen, I still believe we're going to fly under the radar, and we're going to... We're gonna do some. We're gonna we're gonna make the World Cup. We're gonna win our fifth World Cup. We're gonna shock the world. I I really do believe that. <laughs> but in order to do that, we're gonna get in with the old guard. And anything can happen in a year. And when it comes to Qatar 2022, we might see a totally different team. We really might, because he might not have a choice. Yeah. I, at that point. I don't know. I don't know. I, depending on. Who he selects, I'm, I'm reluctant to say we're gonna make it past the playoffs, but we'll see. I can't, I cannot fathom another World Cup, a second consecutive World Cup without La Nazionale. Yeah, it's just Me not neither. the same. Me neither. It's just not the same. But we'll see what happens. Anyways, yeah. all the best for their camp. We'll we'll report the squad that gets invited to that Coverciano camp for three days with Roberto Mancini. Um, Keep on our Instagram, tfoz underscore football underscore radio, as we break uh, the transfers as they come through. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Radio Tifosi uh, for all the latest updates as well. And uh, like us our like our Facebook page, subscribe to us on YouTube. And uh, as always, and we hope you enjoy the podcast. Thanks for the support. And uh, until next time, ciao ragazzi. Yes, thank everybody for listening and uh, ciao. Go Canada! <laughs>